Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed. And that man who I just, just... spilled tea all over my hand. Oh and dear, is groin. It... Which is worse? What, as in what watch is damaged? Yeah. I can't use either of them forever now. Oh, no. I, mean, I, I sound quite brave, but literally, my hand and the left area of my groin... Why were they so close to each other? My hand was on... Spill. No, it wasn't actually on my... It was to the right. left, and this spill was over. This is Marek Larwood, by the way, new listeners, the uh, man who has spilt tea on the hand This spill went over my hand, and as my fingers were parted, it seeped through the fingers... <laughs> Onto the area to the left of my groin. Do you want some ice? Do you want some cold water over it? No, it was the initial, uh, the initial um, shock. Shock, I think, really, and now it just feels a bit wet. All right. Well, as long as you're all right, can you continue the podcast? Well, I'll try my best, but please bear that in mind, listeners. I've severely injured myself. Yeah. Before you judge Marek's performance, please bear in mind he does have a soggy crutch. You think it's even more incoherent today than usual because I've just got... I mean, what's... They were... Third degree is better than... Worse than second... First degree is the worst, Burns, isn't it? Or third degree? It's a good question and I don't know the answer to it. And why is there any two degree... There isn't a fourth degree, Burns, is there? No, fourth degree... There's three degrees of Burns... Gold, silver, and bronze. So, what is worse? Third degree burns. Third degree, I think, is worst. I have got fifth degree burns. <laughs> My God, you've just uh, turned into a gas. Your crotch has just instantly evaporated. Maybe it's the way to become a superhero. What, just burn yourself? Build tea on yourself. Well, lots of superheroes gain their powers through means that would otherwise just kill a man. Tea dick. Tea dick. Well, what if now I just piss tea? I mean, you'd be a lesser superhero, wouldn't what, you? Well, not really, mate. I mean, what... think how many people drink tea in this modern age. Yeah, but that's that's more an entrepreneur than a superhero, isn't it? I mean, you don't you don't solve a lot of crimes pissing. Well, I donate tea. all the money from from your tea piss. Yeah. Do people want to drink tea that's been in your cock? I don't. I don't like that word. Sorry. Do people want to drink a hot beverage that's been in your cock? <laughs> I don't like that word. <laughs> Sorry. Do people want to drink a hot steaming beverage? Oh, I don't know, I don't. Uh, what is, no, because I'm tea man. You're tea man, okay. Which means Mr. What? Tea? Yeah, Mr. Well, I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been done then. It has been done. It didn't, so that was what it he didn't did. come up in the show, but that was his power. What, he could piss tea? He pissed tea, yeah. Um, it's why he drank so much milk. 
Of course. Yeah, because he's Mr. T. And it's so it's one of those things so obvious when you realise. Yeah. Oh, and he'd oh, already right. made so much money from selling his tea. That's why he had all that gold. It all made sense. Um, we're not here to talk about Mr. T, uh, or indeed penises with any special abilities. Uh, we're here to talk about films. And um, before we do, we should mention that we're sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films. So if you um, are interested in such things, you'd like to hear more about it, or in fact you think they could help you, then go to herfilmproject.com um, and follow Her Film Project on Twitter. Here's a question for you. Mm. If I'm a superhero, yeah. like T-Man, yeah. and I want to make a film, mm. with the recent... Um, uh, uh, um, what's the word for everywhere? Um, uh, omnipresence. Omnipresence of uh, superhero films. Mm. Am I uh, available? Could, uh, would I be uh, able to get uh, her, her film project? Well? You're asking: Are you still considered a minority, even though you are a a superhuman in the world of cinema? Are you now the majority? Yes. Um, I think as a real superhero, you might have a claim because Paul Rudd does, to my knowledge, not possess any superpowers. For instance, his dick doesn't produce anything exciting at all. Well, I don't know, don't know about that. Nothing you could put on the shelves of Sainsbury's, anyway. Well, what film did you go and see? <laughs> all right, you brought it up. You wanted to carry on the dick chat. Good character name, by the way. Dick chat. Dick chat. My favourite character name uh, in from last week's episode. Yes, Smith Parkman. Smith Parkman, the man who can't write. I wonder if he's emailed in again. Yeah, I wonder if he has. Uh, here's hoping. I'm looking forward to our next message from Smith Parkman. It's a good name, Smith Parkman. It's an excellent name. Um, you asked what film I went to see. Yes, I went to the cinema to go and see the sequel to a film that I I. Uh, I enjoyed the first time around. I, it's, it was a it was a surprise. It was a good surprise. And this is uh, Kingsman uh, Two. It's not called that. It's called Kingsman: The Golden Circle. But um, I really enjoyed the first one as well. It's it good, really isn't good. it? Yeah, it's good. Um, the reason it's good really is is uh, it's a film by Matthew Vaughan who did Kick Ass um, and. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, X-Men First Class and Stardust as well um, all of which are, are excellent I think there's that one line at the end of the first Kingsman film that puts a lot of people off it because it seemed like a real error in judgement totally unnecessary yeah. really sexist line about bum sex You'd read demeaning as well yeah. to the... well he's overcompensated in this film um, uh, the sequel to uh, it carries on, you know, with uh, young uh, Eggsy, still a Kingsman. Now, shall we explain what Kingsman is? Kingsman about? is basically spies. So Kingsman is a tailor's on uh, Savile Row, but it's the front for a spy organisation who help protect the British Empire, and they're besuited men represented by Colin Firth, basically, who have gadgets for glasses and umbrellas and. Watches a Bond cover version, really. Pretty much, it's basically Danger Mouse with humans. And um, in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, they interact with their American counterparts that they didn't know existed, who are called the Statesmen, who uh, oh. who uh, operate behind a Kentucky bourbon company called Statesman Kentucky Bourbon, and they are uh, Channing Tatum, uh, Halle Berry. 
Jeff Bridges and um, the actor from Game of Thrones, whose name I can't remember. Uh, he is called Smith Parkman. Smith Parkman. Now, what's his name? You know the man. He plays the thing. Pedro Pascal. Uh, he plays um, the Dornish Prince guy. You know the one I mean. You don't watch that show, do you? Yeah, I do watch Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm, I'm completely blanking on what his character was called. The the Viper. The one who gets killed by the mountain. Whoa! Everyone knows now. Um, anyway. I've seen the native series, so don't... Anyway, the, what I was saying was him with Matthew Vaughan entirely overcompensating for that final line in the first one is that... Uh, the actress playing that princess is back and she is in a long-term committed loving relationship uh. with Eggsy um, and it all it all worked out all right for them so it wasn't just using her as an object that he he definitely had deep feelings for this woman he didn't know at all uh. so she is she is his romantic interest in it but they're in a committed relationship Um and it revolves around a character played by Julianne Moore called Poppy, who is the world's number one drug dealer. And oh, she, no. And she has a... Uh, Opium is, must be, is it? That's what the Poppy thinks Well, about, that's the reference, yeah. But everyone in this has sort of uh, code names, basically. So all of the Kingsmen are named after Arthurian characters from the Knights of the Round Table. Um, all of the Statesmen are named after Drinks. Um and uh, she's called Poppy but she's got a world dominating plan uh, in a sort of high camp Austin Powers way just in the way that Steve, uh, in the way that Samuel L. Jackson did in the first one um, so Elton it's, John's in it Elton John is in it a lot you know when musicians have a cameo it's oh. usually for like one shot or one scene Elton John's in about four scenes and he's good he's funny um, and he's playing himself um, basically, uh, Elton John has been kidnapped by Poppy uh, in order to play music in a theatre for her constantly. And he's really grumpy and sweary the whole time. It's quite good. This is more of the same. If you like Kingsman, you'll like it. Um, there's some odd moments. Like, I think they had some scheduling conflict. And it's odd when you can see scheduling conflict on the big screen. Explain what you mean by sh- scheduling, 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 con- uh, scheduling, scheduling. Um, conflict to people. Basically, um, Channing Tatum is on all the posters. Channing Tatum, he's a big star, and he is uh, the first guy they meet in the Statesman. And you go, ah, oh, he's like their number one Statesman. He's like Colin Firth of the Americans. And then about uh, a third of the way through the film, uh, he basically gets out of action for entirely unplot relevant reasons and immediately they introduce Pedro Pascal as another statesman who carries on the story (laughs) and at the very end Channing Tatum comes back and hasn't done anything or changed anything already so I think Channing Tatum was unavailable but they still wanted him on the posters (laughs) Um, so it's a bit weird it drags a bit at the beginning. It's it's overly long, this film. Uh, and it's got some very gaping plot holes and stuff. But it's daft and it's fun. And it's exactly what, you know, you'd expect from a Kingsman sequel, really. It's not as good as the first version. Well, the first one's so tight, I think. You know, the, the story of a working-class British kid 
uh, becoming uh, an a upper class establishment protector of the status quo. So this is a story. Is there, a story but, yeah. that underpins all of the campness and the uh, exaggerated world that they live in. This one doesn't have a heart-to-heart story that's affecting at all. It just seems like going through the motions. So all of the rest of the ride is there, the fights and the the world they've created. It's all quite fun. Um, but it's it's just got less substance to it. And it, it perhaps it takes it a little too far to not be quite as believable there really is very little difference between this and Austin Powers in terms of the world they've created only Austin Powers gags all the time and this one doesn't quite but no it's um, it's 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 enjoyable it's a, it's a ride you know? the fight scenes I seem to remember quite good in the last one were they quite good in this very well shot yeah no they are excellently shot they, they reach again sort of further levels of superhuman preposterousness in what people are capable of uh, which it was getting to the point of in the sort of final act of the first one, you know, it was, but you know, absolutely impossible jumps and twists and you know flips and stuff. Yeah. But, um, no, it's fun. It's fun. Michael Gambon's in it as well. Um, Is it true that you can't remember any of his lines now? She says and repeated to him. It's quite possible. I haven't heard that. I heard that. I'll just spread that rumor, shall I? Yeah, yeah. Just spread that. Spread it around. Put it all over your face. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll watch uh, Kingsman? The well, I was put Circle? off. It had. I mean, the reviews have been quite bad for it. Have they? Yeah. So, like, the Metacritics give it um, forty-four. Yeah. Whereas people have given it seven point three. Right. So it might be that thing that splits uh, the critics from uh, humanity as usual. Well, yeah. Well, because there's not a, there's not a great amount to critically laud. You know, it, it's more of the same. They've already taken all of their risks and got it right the first time and now they've made another one and, and that's sort of alright and it's it's a pop gun, it's a popcorn film you know that's what it is how many days would you give it? I think I'd give it six um, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable but there's there's not a lot to it go and sit with your mum yeah yeah well there's a whole th- they've tried to have their gross out uh, bit and that again feels really tacked on and oh, okay. cheap like, go and sit with your aunt no, that would be creepy. Go and sit with your cousin. Yeah. Go and sit with your friend. Yeah. Go and sit with your friend. Yeah. Julianne Moore is excellent, actually. I really like her as a villain. Uh, it's it's good to see. She's properly menacing. She's always really good, though. Yeah, she? she is. She is. Okay. Uh, and Elton John is good. Like genuinely, that is the biggest takeaway from this. Was he was funny in a musician cameo. Okay. Well done, Elton John. Yeah, well done him. He just swears all the time, like a sort of, like a grumpy old woman. Well, exactly how he probably is in real life. Exactly, but that's why it felt so good. Rather than trying to make himself seem awesome, he just made himself seem like a prick. Yeah, that's good though. Yeah, no, it is excellent. So if you like Elton John, go and watch The Kingsman. Absolutely. It's it's one of Elton John's best films. <laughs> uh, right, I think it's time for this. Well, here's our uh, last letter. Oh no, before what? Before the letters run out. Oh no. What better subject could you write about than Bumming Man? (laughs) For new listeners and recent listeners, 
Boeing Man is a film that I thought of about two years ago, which is a sort of varying plot. And it promises a varying to be the, genre as well. Yeah, it promises to be one of the greatest films of all time that will never get made. But Tom Crowley, a friend of the show, has written in with a bumming man pitch. Hello, David Merrick, buddy. I'll sort of police cars and arsehole dogs. Pitch for an action sequence in the Bumming Man feature. Oh, interesting. The bad guy, what was his name? Dick Pantsdown, I think. Dick Pantsdown. What was his name? I think it was. Peter Pantsdown. Peter, Peter Pantsdown. Uh, the bad guy has constructed an enormous doomsday device which promises to destroy Britain, plus some of the continent, Netherlands, La Havre, etc. The clock reads two minutes and nobody knows what to do. Suddenly, a bomb disposal operative discovers that the device's only weakness is a kill switch hidden in its exhaust port. A small tight aperture around the back. A couple of slim-fingered coppers try to reach in, but no dice. Who could penetrate the tiny rear vent? Cut to the bumming man. Hang on. Cut to the bumming man, enjoying a latte and some scrambled eggs in a fashionable Soho cafe. His phone rings. He answers. A look of cold termination crosses his face. I'm on my way. He slams a ten on the table and bolts out the door, calling thanks to us to the hairy knuckle proprietor as he goes. His moment has finally come. No pun intended. Keep watching the film, Tom Crowley. Wow, it's exciting. Um, well, you're insinuating... He's going to bomb the bomb. And he's got really small... Bomb the bomb. He's got he got really small pin pin dick. Are you offended by the idea that he's got a well? It depends really if I'm thin, playing. He doesn't. It's not necessarily small, Mary. It's just thin. Thin could be really depends long. Depends if I'm playing. Thin. Could be yeah. Could be a literally eight foot long. Incredibly thin, like like pasta. Yeah, but I think if a bumming man was like that, you'd call him pasta dick. You're right. You, the bumming wouldn't be the uh, main bumming feature. man. It's all about the. Um, the the technique the pace the rhythm yeah yeah and the stamina stamina and commitment and finish and eye contact <laughs> eye contact and also uh, fish hooking does he yeah a little bit oh I think oh, horrible oh. oh it sounds well I mean that's probably lost us our sponsorship um <laughs> <laughs> oh possibly uh, well, that's the. I mean, that's the only letter. What do you think, Marek? Are you going to put that in the film? The Boeing Man. I need to go back and draw upon all these resources and notes that people have sent in, and then to probably burn them all and start again. Right. Right. Maybe it should be a rom com or just a, a romance. It does sound romantic. It could be, uh, you know, but he. It's set in sort of the nineteenth, eighteenth century, or something. About an academic who's a, frust- a frustrated academic who falls in love with bums. With bums, he falls in love with all bums. Yeah, but all bums do not love him back. Exactly. Wow, well, it's a sad story for our times. Well, I'll have a think about it. Yeah, do do. Uh, well, you've seen a film, haven't you? Yes, I've seen a film. I'm looking forward to. Um, there's a sort of movement of British comedians who were in a group called the Ealing Live section. Before I started doing comedy, you may not know, David and I come from the uh, uh, comedy world originally. Anyway, people like Alice Lowe who made Prevenge and... Uh, yeah, Alice Lowe's probably, arguably, doing the best out of them. Yeah, she sight, also made... Um, sightseers with sightseers. Steve Orham, yeah. Steve Oram's a very good actor, I think. Yeah, and a very, I don't think he gets enough. A very nice 
man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, another nice man is a man called, uh, bumped into on occasion, called Gareth Tunley. And this is his first feature. It's called The Ghoul. Um, and it stars Tom Meaton, Alice Lowe, Rufus Jones, uh, Paul Kay's in it, uh, Wayne Shepherd does the music, Daniel Dan Skinner's in it, Rachel Stubbings is in it, a lot of British sort of actors. So yeah. I think the budget for this was probably, I mean, I, think they got, I read they got five, grand, literally six or seven grand budget, not much at all. Is that it? I think they got some, I don't know exactly what it was, but I know it wasn't very much so it's a film on done on a shoestring budget and it stars T- Tom Meaton is this detective and there's a double murder takes place and he and it's linked to uh, a psychotherapist and the bloke who runs a flat so he decides to go undercover and visit the same psychotherapist that people have been seeing and it gradually becomes embroiled in the psychotherapy session and it changes it's basically a tale of an unreliable narrator right or unreliable protagonist where you realise that he might not be a detective after all that he's just fantasising he's a detective and he's actually a man undergoing psychotherapy but in so doing, is the psychotherapist beating him in the, at this game? Well, that's the thing. It's just... It feels very similar to Mother, in a way. I watched a couple of weeks ago, and I was very damning off. You were, yeah. Where it's... Because it's sort of quite low budget, and there's a lot of, sort of weird shots, and um, sort of shots of London, and quite dark, and maybe not as much happens. And there's a quite atmosf- weirdly atmospheric... Uh, you're sucked in into his nightmare basically and to his mind so you're just brought into this bloke who may or not may or, not, or may or may not be a detective he's visiting these the psychotherapists who are involved in witchcraft and also there's his uh, ex-girlfriend who played by Alice Lowe uh, who also plays the uh, sort of um she also works for the police force as a Dan Skinner and in real life they're a girlfriend and his old friend who's now going out with her so it's just lots of mixed narratives right. and it starts off I thought I don't know where this is I, I thought this is just too muddled and confused but as I watched more of it I became more embroiled in it and I enjoyed it more I think it's a really good exercise for what I really liked about it is the cyclical nature of it of sort of unwinding and tying these things up together. So the script, the premise, was very clever. Well, what it sounds like to me, and I've not seen it yet, it, I've, been, I've wanted to for a long time as well, yeah. uh, since I first heard about it. But what they've they've done with having no money is crammed it full of interesting ideas, which cost nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. actually tried to make it unique, its own thing. Yeah, I think they had about ten days or five, hardly any time to film right. it. Or similar to Prevenge in that regard. Yeah, and it, and, and you can tell that there are lots of sort of uh, shots of you know people walking and you know sort of moody London and people thinking is very terms. cheap to film people thinking. Yeah, that's the it? thing. Just get just walk down there or we'll whack that in. So it feels as though it could have been forty five minutes. Right. But obviously, with a feature, you need to have, uh, pad it out with walking. So it does feel a bit padded out. 
Um, I don't know if it worked or not. I don't really want to rate it because I know the people uh, in it. But I think it's very interesting for if you're thinking about making low-budget films to see this as an example of what is good and what works and but and what sometimes feels a bit too much like a low-budget low film. Right. Sort of moody shots of things. You can have yeah, too yeah. many of those. Um yeah, but it's a great achievement to do. To that's the thing about making a film rather than writing a script. You know, it's going to take about two years of your life. Do you to film it? Then you've got to edit it, and you've got and the costs. As soon as you start paying people, oh yeah, it's you. In order to embark on making a film of any kind, be it a short one or a or a feature length one, you're basically starting a small business. Yeah, I mean it's as complicated. <laughs> That's the thing. The short film market—you can make short films, but there's no real. You're never going to make any money out of a short film. No, they're calling cards for something bigger to get a feature. So why not just make a feature? Yeah, and then at least you can try and sell that. Whereas a short film is, is, is operates in this weird space where no one goes to see short films. They don't show them. They used to show them at the start of films at cinema. Instead, they're showing you. They realise we can show people half an hour of adverts instead, which right. is a real shame. That's where short films sh- 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 should sit. And ideally, there'd be less adverts. There'd be a short film which someone would get a bit of money from. Yeah. And then the film that would really help the well, film. Pixar does it, but with, only with their own work. They've yeah. got a short before their film. I think it should be done. It should be literally give 5% to that short film or even 1% to a short film that plays at the start. And it would really help out new filmmakers. Like a support actor with a band. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think this is interesting. It feels quite dark. I don't know if it works totally, uh, but I really love Jeffrey McGiven played uh, a psychologist in it, a psychotherapist in it, right. and he's so brilliant, so watchable, isn't he? His voice is amazing. He's uh, he's he was in This Is Ginzy. He's in uh, Toast of London a couple of times as mad directors as well as different mad directors. I think he's absolutely brilliant. In yeah. this. and. That I think when he enters the film, it picks up. I think it, it needed a bit. It's quite, very dark and moody. And I think it was very dark and moody film. It's easy to be low energy, isn't it? And yeah, not really grab people. And and then you feel as though, oh right, this is quite depressing, and it feels a bit relentless. And he comes in. It's a breath of fresh air into the film, and it sort of picks it up a bit. And then I I really enjoyed it from then on. It then on in. Right. It took a while to get to that point. I thought the energy was almost too relentlessly bleak a bit um, under the skin in that regard early on yeah yeah Yeah, similar sort of moody shot urban shots of uh, an isolated person yeah maybe it's time of year when you watch films as well sometimes when you're watching films as winter's approaching as it is now yeah and you sort of feel these when you see these desolate London skylines and just everything's quite bleak you just feel a bit, bit like oh god I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> so I think when it's... It, I mean, it, it is a drama and a thriller and it's got all these comedians in it. And I think if it had a little bit more lightness at times... Because mm. you've got these brilliant comic actors... Who aren't really lending their greatest and talent. Good, well, they're good. I mean, Rufus Jones is great as a, uh, and as a sort of weird person, isn't it? But it, with a bit of humour in there... Mm as when Jeff uh, McGiven came on it really lifted it that could have lifted the film anyway as, as a low budget film um, 
and a sort of comparison piece to Mother, which I think this is much better than. It's an interesting watch, so watch out for Gareth Tunley and The Ghoul. I watched it for, I think it's on YouTube for £3.50 or something. Yes, yeah, streaming services for the usual three forty nine or whatever it is these days. Uh, track it down, The Ghoul, and let us know what you think. Go to filmfandango.com and tell us your thoughts. Um, also, if you'd like to talk to us about anything at all, go to the same place, filmfandango.com. That's it for this week, isn't it, I think? Oh, all right, then. Yeah, that's enough. Right? Yeah. We've talked about I'm two films. I'm feeling poorly now. You are well. feeling a bit poorly. You're sounding a bit bunged up, Merrick, so uh, shall, we, shall we end it there? Yes, please. Well, um, yeah, well, well that, that'll do. But um, we'll be back next week uh, with yet more films. So uh, see you then. But keep, in the meantime, keep, keep watching the, the films. films.